Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which teaches you how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Yuli Ziv. She's an entrepreneur, futurist, author, and speaker. Yuli, welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Christopher. If you go to Yuli's LinkedIn profile, she has an impeccable experience where she talks about how she's a serial entrepreneur. She pioneered the influencer marketing industry. She's written multiple books. She is into advanced data and analytics. But what stood out for me most was when she said that she's a two-time immigrant who was born in communist Russia, but also lived in war-torn Israel. Why did you choose to share that in your profile because you clearly have so many things you've done, Yuli, but you chose to share that personal side of you. Uh, no, thanks for noticing that. And I think um, uh, with age, perhaps you come to a point that you kind of learn to appreciate some of those experiences that first you saw, you thought maybe were um, obstacles in your life. And you know, as I was building my career, I realized those are some of the things that I learned that early childhood and overcoming some of those uh, really harsh environments. This is what actually made me a successful entrepreneur. So I think it's important to share those things and um, also as part of kind of like standing out with your story. No, that's great. I mean, one of the things that people often talk about is being grateful. And, and I remind people that there's about 8 billion people in the world and about 40% don't even have clean water. So about 3 billion people don't have clean water. So when you say, first of all, communist Russia and war-torn Israel, what's one memory from each place that, that you feel like is, is, is really seared into your memory that allows you to be this grateful, ambitious person? First, let's start with communist Russia. Any specific <laughs> yeah. memories as a kid that you're like, oh, I never want to go back there? Okay, it's kind of hard to choose uh, this one. It's between the shortage of food and the totalitarian regime. Uh, you know, it's hard to make a choice, but I think really the biggest lesson from that is, you know, growing up in the place where um, you have this dictatorship and you have rules so defined and, and you're so scared to kind of, um, you know, step out of the box and, and, and do something wrong and say something wrong and and uh, it just uh, really kind of affects you, even as a child, especially as a child, as you're growing up and developing, um, you know, when you have so many rules and restrictions, it kind of uh, forces you to, to really uh, comply and try to fit in constantly. Otherwise, it's literally um, uh, could be dangerous to your life, right? Um, so at some point, I think um, we came to the point that it became dangerous uh, physically because we we're also Jewish family and we were living in a very um, anti-Semitic kind of environment. And it kind of, uh, in a good way, it forced us out. <laughs> it forced my family to work on an exit plan um, as a family. And uh, it was the best thing that happened, even though there was life threats and, you know, to kill us because we were Jewish and different religion and faith. Um, but it really would force us out. And this is where kind of my eyes have opened that it doesn't have to be this way. You know, when you were, when you live in the, such a close kind of like environment and you, you think the entire world is like this, I have to obey by those rules. And then once we got out and I saw the whole world outside me, it was a huge revelation that wow, you know, I can change my own reality. I don't have to live by those rules. And so that's when you left and went to war-torn Israel? <laughs> yes. So unfortunately, <laughs> you know, well, first, listen, when we arrived, it was a beautiful, uh, exotic country with palm trees and, and um, uh, gorgeous sea. 
But uh, very quickly, um, you know, I realized also that we're in the middle of the um, the conflict. It was the early '90s, and it was the uh, the midst of Intifada. And basically, the next decade, I spent uh, on and off. Uh, the country was in, in different kind of like turmoils, and you had uh, you know suicide bombers exploding in uh, buses in the middle of Tel Aviv. And that suddenly became part of my reality somehow, which is, uh, you know, again, because I had that experience before and I realized, okay, it doesn't have to be this way, you can change it. I had the courage to kind of, um, you know, after spending 12 years in Israel to really reevaluate my reality and, you know, realize, okay, do I want to continue living in this reality and, you know, making a family and raising kids in a place that is so, so unstable or do I make a choice and you know go somewhere where I can more kind of develop my skills and my career and really realize myself as um, as a person as a person and realize my path so um, that Russian experience in a way helped me to realize that I can change that reality as well and that's actually a perfect segue into what you suggested as the podcast title which is hacking your growth because you go through these various experiences. And even though our listeners may or may not have gone through some of the similar experiences, but all of us will go through struggles and challenges. It's just a given, especially as an entrepreneur. And we talk about hacking your growth. How do you go from those places, which clearly are traumatic and life-threatening, where you chose a very clear path? I mean, is that something that your parents encouraged you? You had this deep internal drive, you read some books, you had some mentors. How did you go from that physical environment, but more your mental environment that you allowed yourself to hack your growth and become the successful entrepreneur. Yeah, I think um, this is where kind of like dreams come in, right? <laughs> we all have dreams. And I think especially in your early 20s. And um, I was just a girl that dreaming about New York City. I don't know if it was watching too much uh, Sex in the City or other American sitcoms. But I think uh, what we forget is a lot of people around the world have this still idea of American dream. <laughs> and it's still uh, well alive. Uh, so um, I had this dream of just coming to New York and, and making it here and um, I got accepted to a uh, master's program at School of Visual Arts, which was my dream to build myself as a digital artist. And, um, and I pushed myself to get, a, to get a job in New York City. And somehow this, because I was so driven and this dream was so kind of like well-defined in my head that I can actually make it work, um, it just happened. So um, it was just putting a lot of pieces together. It was a lot of work, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, steps that I had to take. But you know, because I was so driven, it, it all kind of like came together in the end. And then once I arrived in New York, kind of like the next was, okay, I'm here, but how do I become part of the society? How do I make it, right? Because the idea was not just to arrive, the idea was to really make it. And, you know, one of my uh, favorite kind of uh, growth hacking stories was getting in the fashion industry because that was uh, my dream. Okay, I wanna be in New York, it's the capital of fashion. And um, I worked, I started my career in New York uh, and on the advertising and ed tech um, side. I was working for Israeli American startup. Then I got my dream job as a creative director at, a, at an agency. And then, um, but I always looked at that fashion industry, something that fascinated me. And it was so kind of like closed off. Um, it was so protected, so exclusive, you literally couldn't get in as an outsider. I mean, unless you want to start as an intern, maybe work your way up, which was not an option for me. I was already in the middle of my career. So how do I get in? I would go by the Bryant Park and I would see those um, fashion week 
you know, with all the reporters outside and, and all those, uh, you know, glamorous people. And I just decided I want to get in. And as someone who kind of like got out and in <laughs> multiple times in my life, I decided that I, I, I can come up with a strategy and get in. So it became kind of like um, uh, one of my pursuits. Um, so the, the growth hacking was through digital space. It was back in 2007, eight, and uh, it was absolutely print and traditional media driven industry. And I decided to come up with a blog and it was really one of the first, I would say, fashion blogs that, and one of the, I was, I became one of the first digital journalists or bloggers to cover uh, New York Fashion Week. And uh, believe it or not, the funniest story, of my, my biggest uh, growth hack was that I had the advantage of having my own um, internet connection. I literally bought this stick from Verizon that cost me like $20 and, <laughs> and no one else had Wi-Fi back in the days. And wow. I would sit outside Bryant Park and literally that $20 Verizon stick with my own Wi-Fi allowed me to post live, <laughs> to cover live this big exclusive event. And, you know, at first it looked kind of, it was kind of strange to me. How come no one else was doing it? But I guess people were kind of like still catching up on this idea. And because again, it was so closed off and such a private event for so many years, people wouldn't even dare. Even if they had the technology, they wouldn't dare to post it online. And me, you know, after kind of like breaking all kind of rules in my life and, and escaping, I said, well, no one um, uh, prohibits me from posting, right? It's the internet, it's the free world, it's a free speech. So I ended up actually being uh, one of the top search results in Google for New York Fashion Week coverage because I was there first. And uh, even before Vogue and some of the big magazines. Wow. And this is how, so my $20 Verizon stick yes, brought me to the center stage of uh, fashion week coverage in New York. That's a perfect example of hacking your growth. And just so our listeners know, I actually wrote a book on networking with billionaires and executives. And one of the things, you can't be an influencer if you don't meet and learn about influencers. And so People might not realize this, but I have had a press pass. And one of the ways to get into these events for free, I've literally got into hundreds of thousands of dollars events for free using a press pass. I've got my clients in that too. So for the listeners out there in the digital world, you can be a media person. And hopefully Yuli is just one example of that. And that that's just one aspect, obviously, of you. This is a 10-minute podcast, but I highly encourage our listeners to go to you and learn from you because really hacking your growth. One of the most important things is building your network. And clearly you've done that well, Yuli. So thank you for being on our podcast. How can our guests connect and stay in touch with you, Yuli? Great. Thank you so much. Um, I, um, please follow my website, yuliziv.com. Um, I also wrote a book called Millionaire Influencer, where I share all of those stories and tips and tricks, uh, how to uh, become one. It's geared specifically for people interested in that lifestyle, fashion, beauty, luxury space. Uh, but it's also um, a great resource for anyone who's interested in the philosophy of online influence. So um, thank you so much again. Thank you. The philosophy of hacking growth, growth hacking. That's awesome. Thanks, Yuli. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Gifters Podcast. If you want to learn how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com to learn more.